Welcome to Indispensable, where we provide you with evidence-based medication advice so that you can feel empowered about your own health. I'm your host, Anna Barwick, and I'm an experienced clinical pharmacist, academic and PhD candidate. Join me as we hear from the medication experts, pharmacists. Episode 14, Period Pride, Why We Need to Talk About It. Ali Zhu was born and raised in a fourth-generation medical family in Shanghai, China, and moved to Australia when she was 15 years old. She's a registered pharmacist and holistic health and life coach, specialising in emotional intelligence and the mind-body connection. Ali is currently completing her Masters of Chinese Medicine Acupuncture. She's also the founder of the Global Pharmacy Entrepreneur Community, and the host of Pharmacy Entrepreneur TV and Podcast. Ali is passionate about showing pharmacists and the general public the connection between emotion, mind and body. Ali uses Eastern and Western medicine philosophies and coaching methods to assist her clients to identify their emotional blocks and barriers to increase emotional intelligence. Thanks so much for coming back onto Indispensable. <laughs> now, Ali, you're talking about something that, that's really close to your heart and that's period pride. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, what periods are and what's considered normal um, when it comes to a, a period. Thank you, Anna, for having me. Well, period is what teenage girls and women of childbearing age experience monthly. Periods are triggered by hormones and send a message to the uterus to prepare for pregnancy. And these hormones increase the thickness of the uterus wall so that if an egg is, if an egg is fertilized by sperm, it can implant safely into the uterus wall. If the egg isn't fertilized and no pregnancy occurs, then the uterus removes the thick lining, which then turns into blood that leaves the vagina during a period. Well, this whole process continues to happen on a monthly basis until we reach our late 40s to early 50s. Um, and that's when our hormones change, our period stops, and um, the whole process is called menopause. Um, periods can tell us a lot about women's health. So what is a normal period? Well, the typical period is 28 days long, but each woman is different. The length of a period can be different from month to month. Um, our periods are still considered normal if it comes every 24 to 38 days. Um, and you need to remember that day one of a period cycle is the first day of bleeding. Um, some women experience very regular periods. Um, they can predict the day and the time the period starts. And other women may only predict the start of their period within a few days. And ideally, um, your cycle length should be fairly consistent. If one month's uh, cycle is 21 days and the next month is 35 days, then it will be worth looking into why there's such a large variation. Um, your period should last between three to seven days days with the blood flowing, usually starting out heavy and getting lighter with time. Um, the light cramps or pain at, at last, uh, light cramps or pain uh, can last one to two days. Um, 
and which is expected. Um, but severe cramps that last for days or leave you bedbound is not normal. It's worth discussing with your GP. Absolutely. And, I think, absolutely. and I think it's good to talk about, isn't it? Because I think the more we talk about it, the more we know what is considered normal. And if things aren't quite right, obviously that's a good time to go and speak to a GP, you know, or, or talk to somebody that specializes in that, that area, like a um, gynecologist or something like that, that kind of has that expertise. But I think it's good just to be able to chat about it and, and be open about it and know what's normal for you and also for other people as well. Essential, knowledgeable, indispensable, your pharmacist. So when women are actually having a period or we call it, you know, menstrual bleed, um, what are some options for actually managing periods, Ali? Um, so what are some options for managing periods? Well, there are pads, tampons, period underwear and cups to absorb or collect blood and tissue that comes out of your vagina during your period. They let you go about your normal life during your period without getting blood on your clothes or sheets. And tampons and cups go inside your vagina and pads are worn um, in your underwear. And you can wear period underwear instead of regular underwear on days you have your periods. Um, so first of all, pads are narrow pieces of material that you stick onto your underwear. So some pads are made out of disposable materials. Uh, use them once and throw them away. Other pads are made from fabric and you can wash them and reuse them. It is recommended that most women need to change their pad um, at least one time every six to eight hours on moderate flow days. If your flow is heavier, you may need to change it more frequently. So now next is tampon. Tampons are a little plug made of cotton that fit inside your vagina and soaks up menstrual blood. Um, some tampons come with the applicator that help you to put in, um, in, in, to put it inside. Tampons have a string attached to the end so you can easily pull it out. In general, you should change your tampon every four to six hours, but you can safely leave a tampon in for up to eight hours. Well, using a tampon overnight is fine, but if you're sleeping more than eight hours, you should use a pad instead. You will need to change your tampon more often on heavy flow. The third thing is you can use is a period underwear. Um, it's designed specifically for period, just like your regular underwear, except they're extra layer of fabric that absorb your menstrual blood during your period. Um, there are different kinds of underwear for light, medium, or heavy flow days. You can wear period underwear on their own or with a tampon or menstrual cup. Um, next thing is a menstrual cup. They're shaped like little bells. A bowl has a little stem attached at the end so you can pull it out. Um, they're made of rubber, silicon, or soft plastic. You wear the cup inside your vagina and then collects menstrual blood. Um, most cups are reusable, so you can just empty it when you need to, wash it, then use it again. Um, the only thing is if you have an IUD, a small contraceptive device that's placed inside the uterus, don't use a menstrual cup because um, using the menstrual cup can cause your IUD to move out of place.
uh, throughout my research, I've noticed that tampons are incredibly rare in China. Only 2% of Chinese women use them. In Europe, the figure is as high as 70%. And yeah. why is that, Ali? Is it just preference? I think there is a general belief that tampons are not good for women's health, um, especially for younger women. Uh, there has traditionally been a fear that tampons will break the hymen. But then now with more than 70% of Chinese women having sex before marriage, virginity is no longer a huge issue. Um, I guess it, it comes down to lack of tampon culture as well as any education, as well as lack of education on how to use them properly. Um, I guess Chinese medicine also has a huge influence too, uh, especially its basis on non-invasive treatment, um, which um, creates this fear around putting foreign objects into the body, especially for for hours at a time. Uh, and and also, research has shown that it's seen as potentially harm for girls who are still growing. Absolutely. And I know like there are risks with tampons too. Like I think we've probably all been taught about um, toxic shock syndrome. Do you know uh, more about that? No. Well, I would love to hear from you because I actually don't use tampon being an Asian, you know, Chinese born um, girl. I came to Australia when I was 15, but still they're hesitant to want to use tampons. It's not something that I've heard about growing up and yeah yeah so tell yeah. what, what yeah. do you reckon well I, I mean I, I'm much the same too I think it very much depends on preference so I've got friends that kind of use either or as well but with I mean with the toxic shock syndrome it's quite a rare thing but it's really kind of built up because it can be really serious so it's like with anything like you were saying changing your pads regularly is really important and your tampon is exactly the same and unfortunately you know we hear of horror stories where women have left them in and forgotten about them you know and and they can get really sick you know it's it's a potential for infection and if that you know infection goes through the body it can actually be deadly so really important to kind of you know remove each tampon each time so you know when when it's inserted um i know women also talk about like breathing exercises to kind of help with inserting and make sure it's being held in place as well and also depends after children too like when you you actually have the mm. um you know ability to kind of hold that in place as well so it's all really interesting but you know it does very much kind of depend on preference when i know someone will Use, use them if they want to go swimming for example but not the rest of the time so I think like you did you know just reiterating what you said it's just removing it replacing it with a clean one probably every few hours depending on your flow and mm. how heavy that is so if you're kind of saturating a pad or a tampon within a few hours you need to be replacing it at that frequency so always having you know products available these you know what we call feminine hygiene products or you know these products that we actually need having them available for when and when we need to use them is really important yeah and we'll probably mention this later on about the peer pride project i worked on but it's women feel comfortable asking them asking when you forget to 
bring it pad to work or ask yeah. your husband or boyfriend to go out and buy it for you. Yeah. It seems and, to be a real yeah. kind of, people don't want to do that. Do they actually I had, um, yeah, I've had, you know, friends and family say, and it's really interesting. I've found some people are more happy to kind of ask their partner and then kind of pass that on to whoever the female in the house is or vice versa. They're not really comfortable kind of talking to their partner, but they're very happy to speaking to another woman about sharing. And I think we need to kind of get rid of any shame that's around it because we just mm. need it, don't we? Like, you know, that's yeah. a normal part of being, yes. of having a uterus. So whether you identify as a woman or not, if you have a uterus, this is something you're going to have to deal with. And then remember, bleeding is part of a process of preparing your body to get pregnant and to mm. breathe life. So it's something that we need to celebrate and yes. be proud of Absolutely. being a woman that men can't carry a child. Yes. Women <laughs> can. So, yeah, so it's something very precious and we need to be proud of that. Um, so, yeah, so there are a lot of educational materials out there. Uh, the charity I help... Um, to raise awareness is called the share the dignity. They also have a lot of uh, called period talks mm -hmm. for both young girls and young men uh, to educate both. Yeah, it's a good thing. And so obviously you're very passionate about period pride, Ali. What, what have you been working on in this space? Yeah. So I started this campaign um, because of a global health hackathon at University of Queensland. And together with two medical students, um, we worked on um, a campaign to remove stigma and shame around periods. And the fact of using the word periods, not menstruation, keep using the word period and feel okay with it. Mm. Um, we made this little um, red dot symbol called period pride to remind everybody um, that we need to be proud of having period as a woman. I didn't actually realize before starting this project, I didn't realize how big this problem actually is. And this, how big the stigma, this shame is. Um, I feel a bit shamed and, you know, I always hide my period pads when I had to go change. Um, but it's, you know, for, it's 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 a huge topic taboos and then it's different from different parts of the world and from uh, certain parts of the world often this taboo results in gender-based discrimination humiliation and even oppression mm -hmm. um, and in Australia our young girls um, the shame of this period is so great that 70% of our teenage girls would rather fail a subject in class than telling their friends Wow seventy percent that that's huge, and mm -hmm. they'd rather miss class and not go into class than talk about it mm -hmm. and and um during our survey, we surveyed different age groups of women, we surveyed a lot of um, teenage girls around high school middle school years whenever we mentioned period, their first reaction was ill i'm not talking oh. about that oh. ill i'm not posting that mm -hmm. ill i'm not using pure pride that's gross <laughs> that's the exact words wow. um which is wow very interesting um and the, the fact that we are the society these days is so open that we talk about mental health illnesses that we talk about gay marriages and it's okay and it's normal and but period it's still something that's seen unacceptable mm -hmm. for public discussion mm -hmm. um which is wow very interesting um and the, the fact that we are the society these days is so open that we talk about 
mental health illnesses. So we talk about gay marriages and it's okay and it's normal. And, but period, it's still something that's seen unacceptable mm-hmm. for public discussion. Mm-hmm. And I've, as a, a Chinese born Asian woman, I feel that strange because in Western society, when you mention period, that that's shame and stigma, but in China, you can openly talk about period mm-hmm. and, and, even in fact, all the husband and boyfriend knows whenever their boy, uh, girlfriend or wife have period that they need to look after them, uh, being understandable and and also prepare them buying hot or warm drinks for them rather than cold with ice in it. Yep. Um, in West, you have this shame in the Eastern culture. It's so normal that boys will know exactly what to do. Mm. to help women to prepare for that period to prevent that period cramp to prevent that mood swing or understand when they have those mood swing and this anger or start crying they're like okay she's on period it's okay so so yeah it's very interesting um so and then from more research un actually has linked a period shame to human rights concerns like assess to water lost wages the health problems so it's a huge problem globally mm. so i'm really glad that i get to do work on this topic and um and research more and especially as pharmacists we work day in day out with people from different age group and we have teenage girls who will come in and ask when they have first period and which pads to select or when they first or prescribed a um contraceptive pill to understand the whole cycle does that mean when to start the first inactive or active pill and the risk of pregnancy and and take away this this horror this fear this shame um so yeah i can see that this is a really great topic to start talk about and i definitely believe that speaking about this issue is the only way to combat its silence Mm -hmm. and for too long we've been trying to hush up and not to talk about it but having a dialogue is only a way for innovative solutions by talking to my friend and i learned all these different types of cups and different colors and different you know materials and wow so it has definitely opened my eyes yeah and that's so good isn't it but i was going to say like you were saying like there's you know really a lot of differences between countries and we also know that overseas there's you know issues with period poverty where there you know there are people that can't access you know the feminine hygiene Mm. options that we have here you know they they can't afford pads or tampons or let alone you know underwear or cups or anything like that so in your research did you come across anything like that yeah that's a really good question so our project to launch the campaign is for this charity called share the dignity it's an australian charity bringing dignity to homeless at risk and those experiencing domestic violence through distribution of period products and set up campaigns educational campaigns um, around periods so we actually spoke to the founder rochelle directly she was so frustrated and um, she was telling us the story that um this lady had a child had a girl and experienced domestic violence was kicked out of her home she was so stressed and teary but that day she had period I and mean, she was so hesitant to come up and ask for period pads Mm. but she had other things on her mind she needed to look for a house look for a safe place and buy food for her daughter so all that 
so she was really frustrated, even though we have people donating lots of pads and tampons and cups, at the same time they make educational uh, materials, there's this, but people are still too ashamed or too afraid to ask for those pads or even watch, click start of this learning materials. Mm. So we have to remove that shame and stigma around that period so that we can feel confident and comfortable with their body and being who we are. And yeah, the fact is just ask for pure pads when we forgot to bring them. Yeah, that's right. It should be really normal, shouldn't it? I mean, like, yeah. like you said, this is a normal process. It's a normal physiological function of our body. And mm. it's no different to, you know, a runny nose. Like you get a tissue for your runny nose, don't you? Like it's, mm. you know, it's products that's coming out of our body and we, we clean that up and it's fine. Yeah. There's no issue with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, I thought about, you know, um, some of the comment from young girls are like, it smells, it stinks. And like, boy stinks more. Boy <laughs> <laughs> but we smell their clothes and think, well, that's so manly, <laughs> you know, like how does that, you know, why we feel so ashamed of being who we are. Mm. And the, the fact that again, like functionally bleeding help us to actually become a mom, carry mm. a life. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or choose not to, you know, yeah, choose not to. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah, be part of, yeah, just who we are. That's right. Absolutely. No, I love that. So Ali, what are your five indispensable tips then about periods? Yep. So um, number one is to record your cycle. Now we understand the first day of period is the first day of the cycle. That's where we start counting the cycle. So record our cycle, know when we're going to have period. Usually each month we will have around the same time when we have period. Mm-hmm. And um, so knowing that as a studying Chinese medicine, going to be a, a Chinese medicine doctor, that information is really important to me. That's something I ask every single client, the female client, how's their period? When do you start your cycle? How many days you bleed? What does your blood look like? Whether it's black, dark with clot, what a 20 cents clock, 10 cents clock, $2 clocks, or, or is it bright red? So record all these details is very helpful. And not only for your own tracking to understand your state of, of your health, but also help your health professionals to understand, have more insights into, into your health. So there's apps out there, um, that free apps that you can use. So you can even um, click where there's heavy flow or you have experiencing cramps or experiencing uh, headaches or symptoms around certain days and help you know and record how many days and be more observant and more aware of your bleeding your cycle and second is self-care i mean we mentioned earlier in the emotional intelligence episode how important self-care is and more aware of our health and body so around period as well it's very important regular exercise walking and jogging uh, help to smooth their menstrual cramps. So from Chinese medicine point of view, um, menstrual cramps is uh, obstruction or block of the qi and blood inside your body. By moving, walking, or jogging, gentle exercise, it helps move along the qi, helps regulate um, and the move qi and blood. So, and also at the same time, by jogging, walking, it helps to elevate your emotions and mood. Um, at the same time, breathing, um, outside, uh, relax, doing activities, reduce your stress to make sure you're not overwork during that time. So that's number two. And number three is avoid consumption of ice drinks, cold or raw food, 
um, ice cream or sashimi or during period. Um, it's I'm not sure about Western culture. Um, I, I see a lot of my colleague drink ice cold water, even a lot of patients come into the clinic drink ice cold water. I was taught to always tell them to try to incorporate more warm food, warm soup, room temperature water rather than put ice cubes in it. Because um, from Chinese medicine point of view, too cold will cause obstruction in especially women around the uterus area, which then cause pain, cause cramps. So especially before, during and um, periods, we need to be careful to start introducing warm foods, warm drinks into our lives. Um, tea is a good good example. I have here some examples. So rose and jasmine tea, suitable for those experiencing stress or frustration, even bloating at lower abdominal area around period. And there are also ginger tea. They're all common tea that we can all source, suitable for those who have felt cold, especially have cold hands or feet. Um, and also have applying a warm patch um, to our lower abdominal area. And uh, wearing socks is another important thing. I see a lot of people walk around the house bare feet. Um, so from Chinese medicine point of view, protecting um, the feet, feet can catch or gets all the cold cheat inside our body. So by protecting wearing socks, or just wear slippers walking around, that will help a lot. Um, that's number four. So number five is massage. So there's ways you can massage your lower abdominal area, uh, even uh, so to reduce pure pain. The idea behind it is all to move the chi and blood um, to prevent the obstruction, prevent the cramps and pain around the area. Okay, so that's my five. Awesome. Thanks, Ali. That's really great. Thank you so much for your tips that come from both Western and Eastern kind of perspectives. I think that's really cool. And, and it really makes sense. You know, we've got to look after ourselves and, um, you know, try and go through the process because, I mean, we're getting cramping, you know, obviously our body's trying to get rid of, of the, the lining um, of the uterus after, after you know, we've had um, ovulation occur. So helping that will just help everything, you know, feel better anyway. And I think that's a good thing for our, for our mental health and also our physical health as well. Yeah, Indispensable contains general medicine and health advice and is not intended to be a substitute for professional individual medical advice. We endeavour to ensure it is accurate and up to date. However, we can't guarantee that it will always apply to you. Always seek the guidance of your pharmacist or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your health or a medical condition. Episode is brought to you by me, the Indispensable Pharmacist. Don't forget to subscribe to Indispensable and leave a review so we can help more people. Look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for Farm Online. That's P H A R M Online. I'd love to hear your suggestions for the next topic to be covered on Indispensable.